This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, I take you back to 1948, when one of the most popular radio shows was Sam Spade, starring Howard Duff. In tonight's episode, Sam gets involved in a trial where his client is threatened by a convicted man. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Sam Spade, detective agency. Hey, it's me, hey, Sammy the Spade. Sam, Sam, it's not true, is it? Every word of it. What? That you've been consorting with unsavory characters? Well, uh, she was a savory enough girl, Effie, although a crook. Well, according to the paper, she's practically a murderess. Not to mention that she's dancing the Roomba with you. That's a lie. There's a picture of you. Virginia Vale, gangland glamour girl, caught at the Club Eye Barrier in Barefoot Roomba with Private Eye. It was not a Roomba. It was a Bambuco. Oh, Sam, not over the phone. Boom, I can't stop him. Stay where you are. I'll be right down to dictate my report on the lawless capers. Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hard-boiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade. Presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade. I think I'm getting it now. You've lost your shoes. Ready, sweetheart? Yes, Sam. Uh, no questions? No, Sam. That uh, picture in the paper doesn't mean a thing, Effie. There was nothing between Virginia and me. Just wasn't room. Well, uh, that bambuco, you know, that's the way we dance it. Authentic. Sam, I troubled to call my girlfriend, Edna Mae Schwartz, who is an instructor at Arthur Murray's. Mm -hmm. I quote, The partners exchange graceful nods in the center of the dance floor and then separate. Well, uh... As the senorita provocatively leads a pursuing caballero through a series of gay worlds, turns, and figures. There you see, provocative. But he never catches her, Sam. Well, I had my shoes off. That gave me the advantage. Oh, you know best, Sam. Well, that clears that up. 
Uh, date? August 29th. I will give the date. Fill it in. That still doesn't explain you're operating on the wrong side of the law. Down, Effie. This goes to John M. Lawless. A known gangster. What else? From Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Boom. Thank you, Effie. Subject, uh, Joe Morales. Uh, Dear Johnny, you uh, hired me yesterday morning, but the real start of it was back in 45. Flashback. San Francisco was just recovering from VJ Day, and crime was practically at a standstill. Because your number one competitor in the West Coast mobs had just been rubbed out, and you were on trial for saying. Nothing about the trial made any sense. The tea time chatter in the better pool rooms was that you were taking the rap for your worst enemy, Joe Morales. What made even less sense, the lawyer defending you was Joe's brother. So I wasn't a bit surprised to receive your check for $25, together with an invitation to be in the third row of the courtroom when the jury returned the verdict. I was. The defendant will please rise. <coughs> Step forward, please. <coughs> Have you anything to say why judgment of this court should not be passed upon you? Yeah. It's a bad beat. <coughs> the judgment of this court is that you, John Lawless, for the crime of manslaughter, having feloniously run down, run over, and killed with a certain automobile the deceased person named in the indictment and having subsequently departed the scene in violation of the hit-and-run statute, are hereby sentenced to a term of three to ten years in the state prison of the state of California. You didn't even look at the judge while he was dishing it out. Your eyes were on the man sitting directly in front of me, the man you were supposed to be taking the rap for, the man you had deliberately planted me behind, Joe Morales. I wondered what that meant. When the judge brought down his gavel, I found out. You came up the aisle with a deputy on one arm and your lawyer on the other. He seemed upset about something. I'm sorry, Johnny. I did the best I could. They've given me the judge I asked You for. passed on the jury, you cheap shyster. Okay, just wait till you get my bill. Shut up. Now, wait a minute, Sheriff. I want to speak to a friend. Hey, Johnny, hurry up. we got a train to catch. Hey, you, Joe. Yeah, Johnny? I got just this to say to you. I'm going up, but I'm not staying, see? If I'm not paroled out in three, I'll break out. Either way, I'll get you, even if it means a murder. I'm... Oh, now, listen, Johnny. You, you heard know... me, Spade? Yeah, Johnny, I wish I hadn't. Well, Johnny, we've got to go. Okay, okay. Don't forget what I said, Joe. So long, Sam. Good luck, Johnny. Hey, Sally. Yeah, Joe? You hear what he said? I know. He's going to knock me. Uh, this guy's a witness. Name is Spade. Spade, uh, my brother Sally. Salvador Morales. You may have heard of me. Yeah, if I'm ever up in a hit and run, remind me not to hire you. <laughs> Come along, Spade, where we can talk quietly. Just over here. My conference room. Look, uh, we got nothing to talk about. Oh, yes, we have. Watch it. I just got this suit pressed. Yeah, right in here. <gasps> Sally, is it all over? How did it come out? Where were you? In here. I couldn't force myself to stay out there. What did he get? Three to ten. Three to ten? Is that... Oh, I mean, how terrible. How terrible. The best I could do. This is Sam Spade, my dear. It's Virginia Vale, Johnny Lawless's fiancée. This ain't Quentin Widow. Well, uh, how's tricks, Virginia? Why do they bring you here? Maybe they know. He's a witness. Witness? To a threat Johnny made against my brother's life. My own client. <laughs> What's funny? Ask your brother. That threat would even get you rid against him to keep the peace. What do you mean, Sam? Uh, sweetheart, threats don't mean anything in law unless they're backed up by some action. Even if he told you the when, the where, and the how, it wouldn't be worth anything until you're dead. But it would be worth something then? 
Sure, it shows premeditation. Then if he knew he was overheard, you'd be forced to testify if anything happened to Joe. Hey, beautiful. What are you trying to do to me? Oh, I mean, he'd think twice before he tried anything. You'd be safe, Joe. Well, honey, I, uh, I didn't know you cared. About you, I don't. I just wouldn't want Johnny to do anything foolish. End of flashback. That was uh, three years ago. A lot of big news has broken since then, but the only items that interested you in San Quentin were printed on the inside pages of the local press. Item. Virginia Vale, your fiancé, got herself engaged to Joe Morales, your worst enemy. And item. Salvador Sally Morales, your mouthpiece, had taken over your mob. Which brings us up to yesterday morning. Yeah? That you, Sam? Who's this? Johnny Lawless, remember me? No. I was hoping you'd say that. Look, Sam, I, I got a job for you. Call Peeper Breen. He may need it bad enough. I've got no contacts in the mobs anymore. This is clean. How clean? A chance to save an innocent man from the gas chamber. Well, There's I... a grand in it for you. Wait till I get a pencil. Now, uh, what was the address? The Alma Arms on Pine Street near Jones. Yeah? Buzz me three times. One long, two short. And make sure there's no one on your tail. Got it. not failed. I found your name on the bell panel, buzzed one long and two short, and the automatic lock clicked me in. You were waiting, one flight up in the open door of your apartment. You didn't say anything, just made sure it was me, motioned me inside, locked the door, and led me back to a bedroom. Well, there it is, Sam. Mm-hmm. Joe Morales. Dead about three hours, I'd say. Four slugs, chest, shoulder, and head. Looks like amateur work, a professional aims for the belly, or did you mean it to look like an amateur job? Would I be sap enough to drop him in my own apartment? Besides, he's my lawyer's brother, and I might need Sally again. Why did you call me? Well, you heard what I said to Joe after the trial. Who told you that, Virginia? Yeah, but she didn't have to. Didn't I ask you to sit there? Well, that's one thing that worries me. Look, uh, let's go in the other room, huh? I feel like a drink. Well, here's my pitch, Sam. I checked out of San Quentin yesterday morning. I didn't have a mark against me. The warden himself put my case before the parole board. He called me the ideal prisoner. Shall we dance? Okay, Sam, okay. But a man can change a lot in three years. So can a woman. <laughs> Virginia met me at the gate and we drove into the city. We didn't have a thing to say to each other. The way I felt by the time the ride was over, Joe could have her and welcome. I had other plans. Such as? Well, the parole board was getting me a job with a mining firm, a, a surveyor. I took a course up at Quinton. You uh, seriously expect me to swallow this line of guff? Listen, you don't get fat making a living on the mace. Take half of these guys you hear telling the world what wonders they are at puffing boxes, knocking over joints, and the rest of the lays. Yeah, not half of them make three meals a day at it. Then what chance has a guy without a regular racket? And brother, that's me. I'll buy that for now. Let's uh, talk about that dead body. All right. Well, I, uh, I called Joe on the phone this morning, see, and I told him to meet me here at three this afternoon. I wanted to tell him, forget about what I said about how I was going to get him. Not that I wanted to write off that rap I took for him. But if he was scared, he might come gunning for me. I might have to break parole to defend myself. About Virginia, like I told you, we got nothing to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful while it lasted. So he was due here at three, huh? Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was held up. As a matter of fact, I was with my lawyer at the time. Sally? Yeah, I, uh, I phoned the building and uh, told the superintendent to let him, let Joe in, and then I got here about a quarter past four. But I didn't find him until just before six when I called you, Sam. How come? 
Well, I, I just didn't look in the bedroom. I figured he got uh, tired waiting and left, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Well, look, uh, Johnny, assuming your story is true, and if it isn't, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, who do you think did it? Well, that depends on why. If it was somebody gunning for him, it would depend on what's going in the mob since I've been in Quinton. You know more about that than I do. If it was somebody trying to frame me... What do you mean, trying? Hey, wait a minute. I got a phone homicide. You must have known that when you called me. Yeah, that's why I ripped the wires out. That's cute. That's very cute. Oh, look. That makes you look real good. Look, look, Sam. Look, I'm not asking you to do anything extracurricular. Sure, you have to yell cop, but you'll do it over a pay station downstairs. And by the time anybody can get back up here, that stiff will be out. It will. Well, how's that going to be done? I, uh, I got a friend in the undertaking business. Met him up at Quinton. He just installed a new crematorium. You should have called him first. I did, but I can call him off. You're stir happy. Look, Sam, look, how about it, huh? So the cops come in tonight, tomorrow. Who cares? Not Joe. The weather he'll keep. What do you say, Sam? What do you say? I say you're probably bluffing, that you got no way of getting rid of the stiff, but on the outside chance that you might not be bluffing, I'll swing along with you for a couple of hours. If I don't turn up anything by then, the deal is off. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, but this isn't... Hey! Sorry, I got to do I hated to do it, Johnny. You were out of condition and you weren't expecting it. But I wanted you to look like a hospital case. After you went down and out, I transferred my fee from your wallet to mine, examined your wounds, and decided you were good for two hours at St. Agnes Hospital, where I know the head nurse... Uh, incidentally, that reminds me. Uh, uh, so without further delay, I toted you downstairs, threw you into a taxi, and delivered you to the ambulance entrance. That's when I remember that I had forgotten one thing. I hadn't given you a chance to call off your alleged undertaker friend. I was sure that that part of your story was bluff, but just to make sure, I rushed back to your apartment in less time than it takes the average undertaker to back his hearse out of the garage, I thought. When I got there, I wasn't so sure. The apartment had been tidied up, ashtrays emptied, glasses put away. They'd even vacuumed the rug. The blood-stained bedspread had been removed, and with it, the corpus delecti. I found myself humming an old tune. I ain't got nobody. The makers of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. to the Lawless Caper, tonight's adventure with Sam Spade. In most murder cases, there are too many suspects, too many motives, and too many clues from the very beginning. I've been on this one three hours, and I succeeded in turning up no suspects, no clues, and the most shameful thing of all, I had lost the body of the victim. I consoled myself with the thought that he was in no condition to tell me anything anyway. But then neither were you, Johnny. You'd uh, checked out of the hospital, no forwarding address. But in a gin mill down on the mission, I found a character with the unlikely name of Porky Grout. Now, Porky is theoretically alive and will tell all he knows about anybody, which is plenty, but two fingers of rye. I gave him a handful. 
Uh, easy, easy. Uh. Uh, the, uh, the Joe Morales smiled. Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they dusted this town. They moved to Las Vegas five, six months ago. Uh, how come uh, Joe stayed in San Francisco? Oh, uh, him and his brother had a beef with each other. That's uh, Sally Morales, the lawyer? Yeah, the mouthpiece. Uh, <laughs> not, not too close. Oh. <laughs> uh, what was it all about? Oh, that dame, Virginia Vale. After she and Joe framed Johnny Rawls on that hit-and-run job, well, they disagreed on methods of administration. <coughs> Not so close. No. So she and Sally team up, and Sally uses his business connections to pull off this big combine, you see? Yeah, I heard of it, Las Vegas. Uh, how do I get to Sally? <laughs> Oh, my, my throat's dry. I can't hardly talk. Uh, hey, uh, Riley, put out the bottle. Uh, and bring an airwick. Yeah. Uh, here we are. Yeah. That's right. Oop. <laughs> Sloppy. Easy, easy. I'll help you. Uh, great, huh? Great stuff. Uh, not too close. Uh, now, uh, when do you want to get to it? Tonight? Uh, right now. Let me see. The dame don't dance to nothing but rumba music, and she don't drink nothing but imported French champagne. Yeah, yeah. Furthermore, she don't go nowhere where she don't get her picture taken, and he don't dare take a drink in a place that pays him protection. Well, this being after hours, there's only approximately one place they could be at. That's the Iberia out on Van Ness. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Thank you and good night, Porky Grout. If your friends won't tell you, I will. Please don't bother to answer. I didn't have any trouble picking out that table. Virginia spotted me at about the same time, grabbed up her purse, muttered an excuse to her escort, and edged around the dance floor. She caught me in the middle of a bambuco, a combination of a rumba, a samba, and guarasha, and whirled me lightly out onto the floor. I followed as best I could. Listen, you shouldn't have come here. Uh, how did I know? Our first dance would be a bambuco. Oh, you danced divinely, oh. but you must leave at once. Uh, Sally is insanely jealous, and he's in a especially bad mood tonight. Yeah, so am I. I know why you came. You want up on me. Johnny Lawless has been in touch with you, hasn't he? You uh, talked to him since yesterday morning? No. He's bound to get in touch with you. Yeah. I don't know what story he's told you, but don't believe a word of it. He only wants to get you out of the way so he can get back at Joe. Joe thinks Joe framed him into San Quentin. Now, you can stop worrying about Joe. Huh? Sam, what are you... Uh, he's dead, if that's news to you. I... I think you'd better talk to Sally after all. Come on. Well, I was just getting the hang of it. So you've met another old friend. Right? Hello, Sally. Hello. Sit down, Spade. Thanks. Sally. Huh? Sam says Joe is dead. Joe? Murdered? Yeah. <sighs> well, it was bound to happen. I warned him to get out of town before Johnny Lawless came back. Johnny says he was with you when it happened. <laughs> Joey's don't go for alibis, Spade. Best defense I could give him would be that I defend him despite the fact he's accused of killing my own brother. But look here. As his attorney, I have the right to know what he retained you for. To find out who did kill Joe. Eh? That's what he said. Have you found out? Not yet. Any leads? Not many. Now, what's the difficulty? The corpse. Somebody swiped it. You can't mean that. I can, and I do. Well, that doesn't make sense. Unless Johnny arranged it himself. But he couldn't have. No contacts. Of course, he might have disposed of it without help. It's been done, you know. Not tonight. 
I'm his alibi there. I don't believe it. You're just telling that story to see how we'll react. That's why I'm telling it, but it's not a story. It's the McCoy. Sally, what can it mean? If Johnny didn't do it, then somebody must have done it to frame him. And if they did that, they wouldn't turn around and get rid of the evidence, would they? What? Why, the whole thing is wild, wild. You know, uh, there might have been two people who thought they were a team, but one of them was really working against the other and for Johnny. Huh? Well, that's absurd, isn't it, Sally? Is it, my dear? He's trying to play us off against each other. Don't fall for it, Sally. I had nothing to do with any of it. You've got to believe that. Yes, I was sure of you when Johnny was out of the way. You wanted him out of the way, you admit it. You're still in love with him, aren't you? Aren't you? Alice, you're hurting me. Hurting? I'll help the DA write his brief. You'll go to Tehachapi for body snatching. Go ahead. I can't wait to get on the stand. The things I'll tell about you, how you let Johnny go up on that hit and run when you knew it was my idea and I was in the car with Joe. You will. Not a jury in the country would blame me for protecting my own brother. Protecting him. You were framing him even then. So you can have me for yourself. Oh, I'll have you in the gas chamber if you keep insisting. Uh, Your own brother. Squeeze out of that one if you can. Uh, I how about can. the body? Love of woman surpasses brotherly love. <laughs> I can see the jury now. Edie, get up. Victim of a designing woman caught in the toilet. You... Nuts, nuts. I don't care whether either of you is guilty or both or neither or whatever. If I get that body back tonight, I'll let the cops worry about it. If I don't, I'll confess to everything myself and name all three of you as accomplices. You... All right. All right, Spade. You say your only concern is that body. Right. Right. Here. Here's $500. Another 500 when you find it, huh? Does that convince you? Well, it helps. Here, my diamonds. Take them all. No, no, keep the diamonds, Virginia. If Sally gets sent up first, you'll need them for your defense. Think it over, kids. I'm calling the cops right now. Uh, Roy, Sam Spade. Where's Dundee? Oh, he's asleep. Sam, I've been trying to reach you. Yeah, but do you know why? Why, sure, about Johnny Lawless. I... Is there something we don't know, Sam? Well, uh, I'll uh, come down and give you a statement. It's about Joe Morales. Well, what about him? Well, he got knocked off and uh, somebody lifted the corpse. Oh, Sam, nobody lifted it. Well, then who did? We picked it up, Sam, right after you called us. Right after I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, what time was that? Uh, let's see, I got it here. Uh, 20 minutes past six. Lose your watch? That ain't all. What's that, Sam? Call you back. What's up, Sally? Come on. Come out of there. Well, I wasn't planning to spend the night in a phone booth. Why the heater? It's for you, Sam. You must be nuts pulling a gun in a crowded joint like this. <laughs> hey, stop looking at it. Come on. Up those stairs. Now, look, sir. In there. Easy. Where's your girlfriend? Well, I... I sent her home, Sam. She can't stand the sight of blood. <laughs> you clown. Oh. <laughs> you were pretty funny, too, when you made that phone call. I didn't believe you'd go through with it. What makes you think I'm interested in that old rap? Johnny's already done the time for it. Joe can't talk, and I don't want to. I don't care what you want. It's what I want. That's what counts. Does it? You wanted Virginia? You got her. Oh, not the point. This doesn't sound good. Salvador Morella's sweetheart going up on a murder rap. Well, you trimmed it down to manslaughter for Johnny Lawless, and she's enough prettier to rate an acquittal, or are we talking about the same killing? <laughs> you think Virginia killed Joe Morellas, don't you? Why? I... Because she seems so anxious to pin it on Johnny Lawless. Well? Well, nothing. Only I've got a score to settle with Johnny Lawless myself, you see. Oh. He uh, left me out in a limb with that body snatch. 
If I can pin the killing on him, I got a story for the cops. Now, show how smart you are. Shoot me. I fully intend to. Now, look. Hold it, Sally. Hello, Johnny. Hey, you can do it yourself, Johnny. I was going to do it for you, but you can do it I don't get it. He's trying to pin that murder on you, Johnny. Like you pin that old hit and run on me? But it's not the same, Johnny. Joe's killing is worth life if you're lucky. I never had much luck. Let him have it, Johnny. What have you got to lose? Well, you want me to... No, no, no. Uh, step back, Sally. Okay. He dead? Yeah. You planned it different, didn't you, Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, but I might as well get two for the price of one. Yeah, I planned it different, but I don't seem to care anymore. Well, then you won't need that. Huh? Sorry, Johnny. By the way, I'd like to thank you for keeping me in the clear. How come? That phone call you made the homicide using my name. Without that, I might be going up with you. How'd you figure it? Nobody but you had anything to gain by making that body seem to disappear. You knew I wouldn't check with the police till I'd made a try at locating it on my own. You knew I'd use the disappearance as a handle to shake what I could out of Sally and Virginia. You knew they'd suspect each other because I had you alibied for the time of the body snatch, and that would start them screaming accusations at each other. Did they say enough to send them up? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much will stick, but enough. They both admit Joe did that hit-and-run job I was sent up for? He and Virginia together. So she was with him. Three years ago, I wouldn't have wanted to know that. Now it sounds good. I didn't think it really sounded good to you. I was sorry to hear it myself, and after all, I'd only danced a bambuco with a mouse. I'm sorry things turned out the way they did, and it's a little late to be making with the advice, but, uh, well, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men gang after Glade. The what? And, as you say, what chances a man got without a regular racket? Period. End of report. Well, heavens to Betsy. Oh. How can you be so sympathetic with a girl who did all those terrible things? Oh, I know, F. I know. It's a silly dance, but she looked cute while she was doing it. I don't mean the dance. You mean the best laid plans? What does that mean, Sam? That gang after glade? I'll give you a hint, sweetheart. It's something you never need worry about. No. Here's why, men. Here's why Wild Root Cream Oil is again and again the choice of men who put good grooming first. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms the hair neatly and naturally without giving it that plastered-down look. Wild Root Cream Oil relieves annoying dryness and removes that loose, ugly dandruff. So if you're not using it now, or if you're not using any hair tonic, get Wild Root Cream Oil at your drug or toilet goods counter in the new 25-cent get-acquainted-size bottle. Also, ask your barber for a professional application of Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Well, here it is, Sam. My, terribly confusing. I sensed that somehow. Who was that hit-and-run victim? Well, they named that dance after him, uh, George L. Bambuco. I don't believe it. <laughs> Sam, what does it mean? What does it mean? You know... A uh, gang after Glay? Snafu. Oh, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Daleks, yes. <laughs> Good night, Sam. Good night, sweetheart. The 
Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Dove. Lorene Tuttle is Effie. The Adventures of Sam Spade are written for radio by Bob Tallman and Gil Dow. Musical direction is by Lud Gluskin with score composed by Rene Garagang. Join us again next Sunday when author Dashiell Hammett and producer William Spear join forces for another adventure with Sam Spade. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. This is Dick Joy reminding you to... Get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. It keeps your hair in trim. You see, it's non-alcoholic, Charlie. It's made with southern lanolin. You better get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. Start using it today. You'll find that you will have a tough time, Charlie. Keeping all the gals away. Hiya, Baldy. Get Wild Root Rock. Away. Stay tuned for Life with Luigi, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for J. Carol Nash to star in Life with Luigi. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carol Nash with Alan Reed as the scholar. You know, friends, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is a typically American product that appeals to people of all ages and nationalities in all parts of our country. And the Wrigley people feel that Life with Luigi is a typically American radio program, a friendly, enjoyable show that sort of symbolizes the American spirit of tolerance and goodwill. So the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum are glad to bring you Life with Luigi each week and have you join them in this pleasant half-hour's entertainment. And now let's read Luigi's letter as he writes about his adventures in America to his Mama Basco in it. Dear Mama me. In your last letter, you asked I should write to you more about the America. Well, if there's a one way I'm going to surely describe him, it's to say he's always in a hurry. Even if he's got a nothing to do, he's the one to do it before everybody else. And this is a make him act very strange. Yesterday, man is a run over to me in the street and he's a yell, You got the time? Before I'm a got to my watch out of my pocket, he's a bought a paper, dropped his a change, he jumped on a bus and a holler, Thanks. <laughs> thanks for what? Funny thing is to make me act just as a crazy. He's holler, Thanks, and I'm a holler, You welcome. <laughs> There's nowhere in the world I'm a see such a rush. In the morning is a race to the subway, then a race to work, a race to lunch, a race back to work. A race to the subway, a race to home. And on a Saturday, when everybody should be nice and arrested, is a big race to the doctor. <laughs> Mamma mia, you ever see a horse race? When in Chicago, is a people's race. Only sometimes when I'm watching the people, I'm going to think of the horse and knows more of what they're doing. <laughs> also, you ask me if it's the people... They're friendly here. How many friends am I got? Well, Mamma Mia, Chicago is not like our little town in Italy, Castellamare. 
When everybody else is calling me by his first name. In Castle Lamar, everybody's calling me Luigi. Over here, I'm just a plain... Hey, you. <laughs> I think... I think the reason I'm, I'm right to you so much like this to Mamma Mia is, is because today I'm feel very lonely and I'm missing you. But maybe I'm thinking too much about it. So I better go off to my night school class. There, with all of the questions and the answers are flying around, I'm going to forget to my trouble. <laughs> Well, class, can anybody answer the question? Who said, give me liberty or give me death, Mr. Harway? No, it wasn't Harway. <laughs> Please, Mr. Schultz. Well, Mr. Harway, who said, give me liberty or give me death? Mm. And I studied my lesson so hard last night. I even kept my little boy, Seymour, he should help me. Was it Thomas Jefferson? No. Alexander Hamilton? Mm-mm. Samuel Adams? Paul Revere? George all of us, please leave somebody to start the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, fellow boobies. You can have liberty or death. Just give me a smile. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mr. Schultz, there'll be enough out of you. Mr. Basco, you may answer the question. Miss Bolling, please excuse me. Do you mind the two repeated? I was in a listening of the first. Oh, Mr. Basco, evidently your mind isn't on your work today. Yes. Uh, Miss Baldy, I have been quietly sitting back and noticing the lack of attention my colleagues paid to their studies. Fortunately, I remain as a shining example that your efforts are bearing fruit. And I will be real glad to answer the question. Well, listen to him. The mental giant is the pygmy personality. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, class, I'm really very disappointed in you today. I don't... Mr. Basco, you're still not paying any attention. Excuse me, Miss Bolling. I'm trying very hard tonight, but... Luigi, is something wrong? You look a little pain. Maybe you're not eating right, Luigi. You know what they say? We are what we eat. Him, what does I look like? I had a hamburger for lunch. <laughs> Don't you feel well, Mr. Basco? I'm sorry I didn't know that. No, no, no. Thank you, class. But is it not the food that bothers me? Is it well... Well... I'm ashamed to say, but but I'm starting to feel a little lonesome. Oh, poor Louise. That's almost two years since you saw your mama. Hmm? Yeah. You're very young, and Emily. I know your thoughts, Louise. When I first came over, before I had enough money to send for my family, sometimes I too felt lonesome. You know, there must be many ways of meeting people, Mr. Basso. Why don't you join some social group or dancing club? That's a good idea. After all, you know, the toughest thing is to be a bachelor. I remember how it feels to go home alone every night and zip and look at poor walls. Your heart is different if you're married. Sure, now I got three rooms and I come home, my wife runs out to play canasta, and I zip and look at the twelve walls. <laughs> My Luigi, you are not so bad off. <laughs> no, maybe I'm not. We are a big help. Luigi, I would gladly ask you to come home with me. But it so happens that tonight I got to run right to my meeting. You know, the old death of young men's benevolent society. I'm the president and... No, 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 thank you. Thank you, Horowitz. But I'm a no baby. I'm Luigi, you know, I go to work. That's the If you want to help me deliver the news. Well, it's a very nice of you, Austin. No, I think I go home with the sleep. Ah, Luigi, you know I would say come and sleep with me and my happy little family, but the zoo up is my apartment is being painted. Oh. You see, there's 
ten in the family and we got it exactly ten paintbrushes. Simply there must be something you can do. Mr. Basso, what about Rosa? Miss Spalding, he may be alone, but he don't want to be with the crowd. Cannot <laughs> tonight some even a willing to go out with the Rosa. Well, that can easily be arranged for Oh, you're so again to put on Yeah, like just letting him see you. You got it, Luigi Rosa. Your troubles are over. Smile! <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, we all get a little moody sometimes, but like we say in the delicatessen business, don't worry. The things that look darkest today, tomorrow we cover up with a little mayonnaise. <laughs> my friend. <laughs> hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Hello, Pathetic. I'm, I'm just got a back of some Don't talk so much. I'm trying to change. Huh? <laughs> hey, hey, what are, what are you doing with this spaghetti policy? Moving things around like please, you... Please, please, cut up. All right. Now, let me see. Uh, I think I'm going to change your breadsticks. These look too nibbled on. That's why And, uh... This little table, I'm going to put in there the cash to register. In case anybody tries to sneak out of without a pay, and i got to be trapped. <laughs> that's a very funny, that's a very... I got it, I know. I'm going to take off for the old wallpaper and hang up a lot of pictures about the desert. That's going to make the customers a thirsty. They're going to order more wine. That's <laughs> a good idea for study. Also, you could... Please, the place I'm consecrating. All right. <laughs> Now, uh, I'm going to take the electrical bulbs away from the tables and I'm going to put the candles. That's to give the place a fine atmosphere <laughs> to cut down my electrical bill. Pepper Squally, I'm a good idea for you. Nobody's asking of you. Now, should I get a new carriage? Now, I put the slip covers on the old slip covers. <laughs> yeah, my ashtray is almost all stolen. Better make a trip up to some hotel lobbies and get it some more. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to print up a book of matches. Yeah. Each of the Pasquale's of Spaghetti Palace, the 23 North, the whole center street, are specially low prices. Special family rates if you all come together. Yeah, that sounds good, Pasquale. Oh, wait, Maybe... will you go home, please? You can't even see tonight I'm a busy. Well, Pasquale, maybe... Maybe I can stay here and help you a little bit tonight. <laughs> Look, here, I'm going to move this table over for you. Luigi, if you don't go home now, I'm going to count till it's ten and kill you by seven. Pasquale, <laughs> I'm sorry. I go now. Was it just that I was... I was just feeling lonesome and... And I was just to feel like I'm the one to talk. Talk? There's only one subject I'm interested to talk about. I'm willing to talk about that subject. It ain't a politics, the money, or moon pictures. Yes, sir. <laughs> you hit that jackpot. All right, the Come on, I'll let you talk. You sure you want to talk about a rose? Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> Luigi, let me feel your head. You must be sick. No, 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 I'm not sick. Ah, you're just a teasing of me. I suppose you're going to tell me how fat it is. No, 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 I'm been a thinker. Fat the skinny is all the same. Is it the personality? That's what accounts to what it does. Hmm. You look like a Luigi. You act like a Luigi. You sound like a Luigi. 
Will you, will you put them all together tonight as they come out of Xavier Cougar? <laughs> well, what's the difference if I spell it? I'm, I'm feeling very lonesome, and I, I'm a think maybe tonight I could take the roses for a walk in a park. Or something. Oh, that's wonderful, Luigi. Look, roses in the kitchen. Why don't you go with yourself and ask her? All right, sir. I'm going to do that tonight. Oh, I thought you were now. <laughs> I scare you? No, I like mine. Is it a nice night for tonight, sir? I don't know. Should I go outside and look? No, 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 stay. Arrested. How you would like a wish to go for a walk in the park? Huh? Just a minute. I'd love to, Luigi. Good. But not tonight. The butcher's son, Harold, is taking me to a midnight show. Oh. I gotta go, Luigi. You know, business. Harold's father gives Papa the best cuts of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the... Well, all right. Just thank you, Rosa. Well... How you make out a little banana nose? No good. Rusty, she's got a date to tonight. Oh, yes, Harold. Well, Luigi, just the business. Yeah, I know, I know. Best to cut to the nature. Well, don't get so sarcastic. <laughs> After all, it's only tit for tat. You turn me down so many times. All right, all right, So, Oscar Luigi, is a plenty of fish in the lake. You want another girl? Yeah, how? Go jump in the lake. <laughs> Good night, Sir Luigi. Be happy. <laughs> Good night, the first player. I'm happy. Before we return to Life with Luigi, we'd like to mention that refreshing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum is an ideal treat for your whole family to enjoy. You can give it to youngsters between meals without worrying about spoiling their appetite. And you can enjoy it often every day yourself, because it's never rich or heavy. Remember, too, chewing Wrigley's Spearmint is good for your teeth and aids digestion. So for a long-lasting taste treat and a healthful chewing treat all combined into one, Get a few packages of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum next time you go shopping. Wrigley's Spearmint. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Now let's turn to page two of Luigi Vasco's letter to his mother in Italy. That's the night to Mamma Mia. I'm going to try to go to sleep early, but I'm going to sleep was a big, emptiness inside of me. Like when are you hungry? Only the emptiness was not in the stomach. Was up his face a little bit. I was so anxious to hear friendly voice, I'm going to get on the telephone. 
And I'm going to call up before the right time. Beautiful voices to say, It's now 12.30. It's now 12.30 in a 10 seconds. It's now 12.30 in a 20 seconds. Then I'm going to start to talk to her. But if she's a keeper right on the talk and she'll listen to me. This is making me very lonesome. So I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to get out of bed, dress myself, and I'm going to start to walk in the fresh air. That's a little better. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of strangers. That's to make one a party. Hey, uh, get your paper, get your paper here. Truth shut off. Mama mia, I know how they feel. Maybe I'm going to talk to the newsman. He's all by himself. Hey, mister. Paper, bud? Yeah. Is a lot of soup to shut off? It's all in the paper, mister. How about it? How about the what? Come on, Jack. I got no time to stand around and talk. Time costs money. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Here. Give me a paper. Hey, you give me only a nickel. I get two more cents. Well, let me know the sales of tax on the news of peppers. <laughs> All right, sir. Here. You think the matter is... Hey, uh, get your paper here. Paper here. Hmm. Time across the money. The light, Mac? No, but no. if you go with me, I'll take you to my antique shop. I'm going to get lots of matches. I'm a... Huh? He's a keeper right on the moving. Maybe I'm going to try somebody else. Hey, hey, bud. Huh? You got a light, sir? Sure. Well? Well, what? What do you want to do with it? Start a fire? Oh, no, I'm going to want to start a fire. Well, where's your cigarette? Oh, I'm going to smoke. Well, what do you want a light for? Well, I'm a... I'm a just to want to talk. Oh, I get it. And you want a light so you can't see who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Huh? Well, man, this is a guy who's going to like me. Well, I'm gonna find somebody to talk to. Oh, there's somebody. Hey, you look like he's in trouble. Hey, mister, you have an accident? Accident? What accident? <laughs> Why are you laying under the lamp for? It's a free country. I can lay anywhere I want. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure, that's right. I'm agree with you. He's a great, a big, wonderful country oh, that's... Oh, all right, it's done. Hey, hey, uh, help me up. Wait, wait, uh, sure, I'm, I'm help me up. Help me up, yeah. Now, now you can walk. Yeah, so long. Huh? I'll try it again. <laughs> How can I get through the three lampposts? <laughs> we pay taxes. Hmm? And how does the city spend the money? Three lampposts and one spot. <laughs> I'm going to get even. I'm going to get married and have 50 kids. Let the government pay me taxes. Yeah, well, well I'm agree with you, except, uh, except about the taxes. Yeah, all right. Cut it, boys, huh? Let's go all drink, huh? Uh, drink? Yeah. You want to drink? Yeah. For sure. And you sure. Look. Hey, look. Look, we got a drink of that over there. Yeah? Where? Where? There. Where? It's a water fountain. A water fountain? Oh, no, no. Mamma mia. I'm a dinner thinker. He could run it so fast. 
Because it's so quiet in the night time. Even asleep. They look the same. Now, why don't you watch where you're going? I'm sorry. Here, here, come on. Come on and let me help you across. Thank you, friend. Now you never know what it is to be lonely. Twenty beautiful girls, twenty the loveliest little dancing partners in Chicago, and it's only ten cents a day. Huh? That's right, twenty beautiful girls waiting to dance with you. What the? What me? That's right. Oh, Mamma mia, how they know I'm lonely? They can see you coming. I'll go right in there, and your troubles are over. Oh, thank you, thank you. Are you a real friend? Hey, wait a minute, people. It's ten cents for that. Hey, what the? Here. No, but but I'm I'm only got the one dollar bill. Okay, here's ten tickets. Just hand the girl a ticket for the dance. Right in there, son. Mamma mia. One minute ago, nobody has talked to me. All of a sudden, I'm a popular. Hey, music. Huh? How about a dance? The music's just starting. Moody. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, here's my ticket. Good. I'll hold them all. <laughs> That's one dance. <laughs> That's the dance? Uh-huh. Must have been some music I'm going to hear. <laughs> Here we go again. Come right. on. Hold <laughs> Say, honey, huh? you dance beautiful. How you gonna tell? <laughs> Say, in the next one, let's do a two-step, hmm? <laughs> you must have been joking. There's only enough of music for one step. <laughs> Please, if you don't mind, I'm gonna take it back to my ticket. What's the matter? Don't you want to dance no more? No. Two dances is enough for three is to make me dizzy. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we can sit down and talk. Talk? You better talk? Sure, I'm, I'm gonna like it to talk. Fine. Then I'll hold the ticket. It's a dollar a half hour. To talk? Yeah. How much does it cost if we just sit together and keep it quiet? <laughs> hey, what are you, a wise guy? Dance, dance, mister? Mamma mia. I'm a wonder if she's a carrier missile down in a half an hour. <laughs> it's like I'm a just been introduced to a taxi. Hello. Hello, and here's the ticket. Uh, you don't have to give me a ticket. I don't? Huh? You've never been here before, have you? You're going to tell her by the way I'm a dance, huh? <laughs> no, come on, let's sit down. Oh, thank you. 
here. No, no, I don't want your ticket. We close soon, and you can get your money back then. Okay. You know something? I don't care if you do take them. Excuse me, Anna. I think you watch as slow as it's 3.30. <laughs> That's the way the song goes. Three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. We dance all night through. That's good. Keep it up. Three o'clock in the morning. Nice. I like you that. know, we sound great together. Yeah, I'm a dinner now. I'm a good singer. It's so good. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite song. I sing it every night when I go home. Very nice. Three o'clock. That's the late, huh? Oh, how late. And how lonely. You lonely, too? Who is it? Huh? How'd you like to be a policeman at three in the morning? The milkman going to sleep when everybody's getting up. And you ever hear those disc jockeys? Hello, Mabel. Hi, you Jack. This number's for you. Oh, they must be the loneliest people in the world. Yes, so many people. They all are lonely. Because it's a lonely town. It's three o'clock in the morning. We dance the whole night. Schultz, it's a four in the morning to call the police station again. Pasquale, I already called them a dozen times. They don't want the FBI in on this, you know. They should have come void by now. Pasquale, did, did you do anything to Luigi or say anything to chase him away? No, I just told him to go jump in the lake. <laughs> That's all. How was I know he was going to do it? Oh, I was awful mean to him. I chased him out of the store and he wanted to help. Ach, I should have invited him to come home with me. Poor Luigi. He was feeling bad in school today. We all knew it and we didn't do nothing about it. Oh, I got a feeling he's a dead now. What I wouldn't have given was to see that little cabbage pussy with those two watermelon seeds with her eyes. <laughs> I would have given... Luigi, my son, I'm so happy to see you alive. Stop it! Why are you kissing me, Luigi? We was going crazy trying to find you. Sixty times I called up for the hospital, and every time they told me you wasn't carried in on a stretcher, I was heartbroken. Luigi, where did you disappear to? I, I just went for a walk till four o'clock in the morning. Where did you walk to, Milwaukee? <laughs> oh, Luigi, you disappointed me. I thought for sure you was a dead. Oh, no, no, I wasn't a dead. I've been walking around the city, talking with a newspaper man, a fella on the lamppost, and I'm a dancer with a beautiful girl. Then I'm a took her home. Luigi, here's a dollar. Dollar, what the fuck? Next time you take the tour, I'm going with you. <laughs> What's so funny? Luigi should be ashamed of yourself. While I'm sitting here going crazy, you running all over town enjoying your loneliness. But, Squally, I'm sorry. Sorry? 
You know, Rosa had a date. You knew I was going to be alone. So why you left me all by myself? Well, you know how much I hated my own company. <laughs> That's the trick of Pasquale. To learn how to be alone. Chicago. That's a wonderful, lonely time. Good night. I'm going to. Good night, Lavita. Your good night, eh? And see you all tomorrow. Well, back to bed for me. Good night. Kimmel, what happened? We called the police, the hospital. He's sorry he didn't jump in the lake. I'm out of bed. Luigi's talking in circles. One thing I'm sure of, Chicago is a Fashimmel town. <laughs> So, Mamma Mia, my letter to you is a finish. It's a lovely night now. And I'm going to think I'm going to take a walk. No, it's, it's not that I'm a lonely. It's just that I was in a four houses of the night. Pasquale, Schultz, Horowitz, and Olsen. And I'm going to have a dinner in each, and if I don't take a walk, I'm going to bust. <laughs> You're having a son, Luigi Vasco, a little immigrant. Folks, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Life with Luigi, and they'd like to remind you that Wrigley's Spearmint is just about the perfect pastry to enjoy between your meals. During the morning or afternoon, when you get a little hankering for something tasty, slip a stick of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum into your mouth. Chew on it and get the full enjoyment of that refreshing, delicious, real mint flavor. You'll enjoy the chewing itself, too. That little stick of gum will satisfy you without spoiling your appetite for lunch or supper. Try it, won't you? Keep some Wrigley's Spearmint Gum handy to enjoy between your meals. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum invite you to listen next week at this time when Luigi Basco writes another letter to his Mama Basco in Italy. Life with Luigi is produced and directed by Cy Howard. Mac Benoff writes the script with Lou Derman. J. Carol Nash is starred as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Music directed by Lud Rusty. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with Night Beat, followed by The Great Gildersleeve. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.